What up, what up, what's the quarantistas? We are back at What's the Quarantine, the unapologetic show where we discuss all things pertaining to society and culture through a bit of a feminist lens. So for the past couple of episodes, we've been keeping it light with our take on reality TV and how it affects our lives, but we do want to show our serious side as well. So we're going to have a work hard, play hard aesthetic with the show where every Tuesday we'll have interviews with some dope folks in the community doing amazing things with their art, expertise and talents because we do believe it's important to show how dynamic we are as a people and particularly black and brown folks in South Africa. So we'll do that on Tuesdays and on Fridays. We'll keep it cute with the more fun side of life and bring you into our intimate conversations, which usually tends to be an entire lull. So if this is the kind of content you signed up for, remember to follow us on Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, as this helps us to reach more folks, which in turn helps us bring you better content. It's a win-win for all folks. So without further ado, let's dive into our new segment of the show with an interview I had not long ago with Kim Windwerkel before we decided to co-host the show together. Enjoy and have fun. Hi, Kim. Welcome to our show. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to be here looking like an air hostess with my, or a pilot. Listen, came to play. (laughs) (laughs) These earphones are giving me life. (laughs) But I'm glad that you finally came to join me. We've been talking about this for such a long time. Yeah, I know. um, Finally, I'm actually doing it. So thank you so much for (laughs) availing yourself. Um, I'm excited. If you can just give us a bit of an intro, who you are, what you're doing. And actually, before we get into that, I just want to let people know that I know Kim for a while. Um, We became (laughs) friends through... It's like two years now. Yeah, it's been two years. Um, Mm. And we actually became very close in that time. Um, But we met very randomly where (laughs) somebody was like, yeah, we're doing this thing. We're going to raise funds for people and stuff. And (laughs) you sell panties and this is Femi Projects. So I think there's alignment. (laughs) Exactly. We we, we met her randomly, but it was such a beautiful meeting because some things never change. We're still raising money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we'll get into um, what you're doing for Femi Projects in a bit. But yes, sorry. Please introduce yourself and let us know what you're doing, what you're up to, who you are. Yeah. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Kim Vinsfuchel. If you want to know what my middle name is, find me on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, so my name is Kim Vinsfuchel. I do a lot of shit, but um, straight off the bat, I'm a co-founder of Femme Projects. Femme stands for Freedom of Education, Motivates Empowerment. So um, we work in the sexual and reproductive health and rights space. Um, Then I also do advocacy and program work at an organization based in Johannesburg called Iranti. That's where I'm based right now. Um, Yeah, and we work in policy development for the LGBTQIA community. And then other than that, I also compiled a book called They Called Me Queer. You might have heard about it. Hello, 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 hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm I'm a published author alongside amazing other contributors. And then, of course, I compiled the book with my um, colleague, Kelly Eve Quipman. So, yeah, I feel like... also your colleague at Femi Projects, right? Who who is also my partner at Femme Projects and Lauren Lobshire? Is it Femme or Femi? We call it Femme Projects, but I'm loving. I'm living for the Femi. I (laughs) I love it. I like it. It It's quite cute. Did did you just change our name after five years? Oh my god! No, actually, I heard you saying it one time, and I was like, wait, wait, did I say it wrong? Like the whole time, like what's what's actually happening? It's like you know this whole twisting of now everything that you've ever known. Exactly. I'll, later on in the interview, I'll tell you why I probably named it Femi Projects at once. It was obviously a joke, but I will tell you why I did that. Um, but then the last thing I wanted to say is I'm also just one of the millennials who have to do a ton of shit in order to survive. So I feel like I'm not the only one who does a lot of shit. We all have to navigate this life. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, 
I think we probably embody what it means to continuously hustle and struggle at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't even feel like going into it. It's like so depressing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that. Um, but yeah, so speaking about fame projects or Femi, you are currently running a fundraiser for, um, for your program right now. Uh, what is that all yes. about? Yes. So um, this is kind of a reactionary um, program or fund that we started. Um, so because obviously, you know, we're going through COVID-19, which mm-hmm. is a pandemic. And um, we're all feeling very uncertain during this time. But um, us as femme, you know, we are kind of sorted in a way. Like we have our own flats, our own houses. We have spaces to live and relatively live comfortable. And I think a lot, a, a lot of us um, have that experience of life currently where although we are uncertain with what's going to happen, there's a level of comfortability, right? So we were thinking, what can we do to assist people at the intersections of our identities? You know, people who may be asylum seekers or refugees or people who form part of the LGBTQIA community that maybe don't have secure housing at this time, uh, people who had to be laid off during this time. So we thought, oh my God, what are we going to do? you know, because people need assistance. Um, so we, we started a seed fund of 15,000 rand, and that's what we pledged. And then we started to put out a call to the public to say, hey, come and help us. Try, try and match what we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy to report that we have surpassed the matching. Um, I think really? currently... Yes, yes, currently, including Amazing. the 15,000 that we pledged, we're standing at about 40,000 rand. What? And um, yeah, I know. That is <laughs> <This> amazing. Including... <laughs> yeah. So how it works is we then started reaching out to informally-led initiatives. So it doesn't only have to be a registered organization because a lot of feminists um, lead organizations that aren't officially registered, and that's completely fine because right. the work that you do is so fucking important. And then- so we started... And valid. So we reached out to some of these these uh, initiatives and said, this is what we can offer you. This is how we can assist. Um, so, yeah, we've been working with a mixture of informally led initiatives as well as registered organizations and individuals and families. Um, yeah. So the word of mouth has, has, has moved around. We're still making a lot of money. So please go look um, online uh, in ways that you can um, assist us. Um, Obviously, assist us, assist others. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yes, because I wish it was for my salary. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not not the vibe. Um, No investment going on here. Everything is going straight to those who need it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, and we will definitely also send out a report to all of our supporters to let you know where the money has gone and what we've done um, in a way that is, of course, uh, sensitive and uh, not very voyeuristic. You know, there's one thing that I hate. It's when it's like, what have you done? And then you mention names of people that you've assisted and that's not what we're about. Or when people do these food runs and they take pictures of themselves, like handing food out and posting it out on facebook which i think is quite um it's a tricky slope because i understand you want to let people know that you're doing good and you want (laughs) other people to get involved but there's a way to do it without you trying to sort of make yourself out to be a savior in a way yes yes Um, exactly so i think there's 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 ways to to navigate it so i i trust and believe that film projects will always tread that line very carefully um, yeah, but try. this is like, and if we don't call us in, <laughs> <laughs> don't drag us. <laughs> Do it nicely, please. <laughs> but like speaking of like Facebook and stuff, like this is what I I love. Like you you using your privilege <clears throat> to whatever you know degree that is, you use it to uh, build mm. awareness and 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 to um, you know be actionable. And, and present we yes. um, we where it's needed um, instead of okay look this it's obviously valid to be saying certain things I don't want to like say being a keyboard warrior <laughs> but <laughs> like there is a line where like you got to stop sort of just using uh, your social media platforms to just you know 
complain about whatever. and talk shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've, I've I've been that person. I'm okay, not even gonna. I, I can't even talk like that. Like I am that person. <laughs> but no, but like, okay, I also do my part. But <laughs> I definitely complain more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a. It can go hand in hand with action. You know, I complain so. but action. There I we go. So. I believe so. <laughs> So I'm I'm very happy and proud to be um, affiliated or associated with you guys because you guys are just fantastic. But anyway, yeah. enough um, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> enough, e- enough circle jogging. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I wanted to chat to you about um, is revolving around intimacy in this time of Corona and the reason why. I wanted to chat specifically to you about it is because you are a sexual health advocate, right? Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. Does that make sense for you? Yeah. I mean, I advocate for access in the SRHR space. So yeah, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not a medical professional. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, you, yeah. you have, um, I don't think you have to be, it's not like you're giving out advice, like, and people mm-hmm. need to take this as you would and mm-hmm. your bond and, and, you know, hold it. It's just like you have experience um, yes. in these spaces. And so I Definitely. feel like you, you have somewhat of an authority to speak around these things. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, because you, you are so candid about it. Like, if I look at your Instagram, which, by the way, is at Blazing Nonbinary on Instagram. Uh, Kim does amazing poetry that yeah. I've never read because I hate poetry. But I know it's amazing. <laughs> and you came to my show one day and you said I, you said it got you wet. So, hello. <laughs> uh-uh. No, I did not. Girl, this is a family show, Henny. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, how do you, how can I change around the letters of W-E-T? <laughs> you said I got you, W-E-T. <laughs> Girl, you are a mess. Okay, <laughs> listen, that was an entire call out. Um, <laughs> but yes, so uh, you do this amazing poetry. You're very candid and open about um, sex and, you know, and, and the sexual health aspect of that. And just like yeah. um, the very intimate parts of not only the physical aspect of intimacy, but also, you know, the parts that make our, uh, ourselves more vulnerable to our partners mm, um, mm. and things like that. So <clears throat> I think for me, the first thing that I really want to discuss is sort of navigating, you know, in this period where for the most part, we are locked up with our partners. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not locked up with my partner, but I have been in that situation before. Mm. <laughs> Considering mm. the fact that we both work from home. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I I do identify with that somewhat. And um I wanted to know what your thoughts were around, you know, spending time together. And when you do that, like is it really spend you 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 you're in each other's faces so much, right? Yeah. So are you is it time spent together or is it just like do you end up just living past each other? You know, mm. where's the room for yourself? Especially if you're living in like, I don't know, a one bedroom apartment or, yeah, you yeah. know, and we can't go outside right now. What's going mm-hmm. on? Like, it's just, um, how do you feel that kind of navigation with yourself and your partner comes into play with this mm-hmm. whole COVID-19 stuff? Yeah. Okay. So this is interesting because before lockdown started, like the week before I was already working from home. Um, and I was quarantining with someone who I am intimate with or yeah, whatever, <laughs> more on that later. Um, <laughs> and I think like one of the things that I realized during that time, because I live in a one bedroom apartment and she was here as well, is that you don't have to do everything together and you still need to schedule time for yourself to do your own things, whether it is just to send that email that you had to do, whether it is just to nap by yourself, um, whether it is to take a break while you do some cooking or some painting, or I'm obviously speaking from my experience in terms of, in terms of this. So for me, 
it was very hard because the first couple of days I actually started to get irritated with her. Uh, something that I didn't think could happen so quickly because it's a newish relationship, right? Wait, okay, so, wait, what was irritating you? <laughs> just her face. And I don't mean this in a way... I think this is just a natural conversation about oh. you're cooped up with someone and you have cabin fever and you really can't go anywhere other than when you walk to the shop because you need to go buy stuff and you don't have a car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, what I realized after that was you can still schedule time for yourself to do things, um, even if you are living in a one-bedroom apartment or if you're living in a, a studio apartment or a, a small space. And then over and above that, um, in the conversation about intimacy, that was something that was hard for me because just before that, we were still kissing each other. We were still doing, you know, these things that now can transmit COVID. <laughs> so I'm going to be real. It was very hard for that week to really keep my distance from her. And I really didn't. So, I mean, they, I'm calling myself out and then in in the same breath is that we also need to be realistic. Habits don't die overnight because of a pandemic. If you were living with someone prior to the lockdown and now you're locking down with someone and you were intimate with that person, I'm assuming a lot of us failed at not kissing. First mm. of all, I know that COVID is, is not found in so far. They haven't found it in, in vaginal fluid and they haven't found it in semen. But the point is that we are still going to be uh, sharing things that we used to share before because it's hard. Habits don't die yeah. overnight. Um, but then I, I also feel like this is a, a key point in time for us to look at other forms of intimacy, like kissing, cuddling, um, laying on top of each other while watching a movie. Aren't the only ways of being intimate? I Having mean, intimate can... content. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Well, I mean, what comes up, the first thing that comes up for me is like maybe finding a hobby that both of you can, you know, get involved in and, you know, yes, whatever, yes. figure out what piques your interest in that and make that exciting for you. Exactly. It's probably like, more harder than like, it's probably I mean, easier said than done. Yeah. Like if you can, like just mm. schedule time to sit down together and okay. One of you reads the newspaper. If you read that, or one of you is busy painting. If you are into that, one of you is busy writing something, but like you can schedule time together to do certain things. And then also not undervaluing the value of intimate conversations and holding space for each other's fears in this time and holding space for each other's real insecurities during this time. Mm. A lot of us are afraid of losing our jobs and we maybe don't want to show that vulnerable side to our family because we are the breadwinner in the household. But it's important for us to really have these discussions and for, for us to hold space for each other during this time. Why do you, why would you say that that is important? Like, what if we've, you know, survived pretty well enough until now? Like, why is it so important to be vulnerable with ourselves in this period? Well, we, I think because a lot of us haven't lived through a pandemic. I think most of us haven't lived through this this type of pandemic. I mean, look, our families lived through apartheid, a lot of state-sanctioned violence. So, like, I'm not um, taking that away from, from anyone. And uh, maybe a lot of people wouldn't have called that a pandemic. But, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking now in terms of also disaster. But in terms of this form of disaster, we haven't lived through something like this. You know, there's no vaccine if you're a vaccinator. There is no um, medication for this. Everyone, we're all scuttling around, basically. Mm. We're hustling to try and figure out how can we save humanity. And now not only mm. humanity, because now they said also some tigers in the U.S. were... were um, oh, I read um, about that. Yeah, we're also infected. So now it's... Do you think Carol Baskin's right? behind that? <laughs> hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think uh shit what was the question I'm oh, literally... sorry sorry <laughs> we were discussing no. oh, sorry, different, forms of in- different forms of intimacy right hmm. like I asked why is it important to hold space now if we've managed before and yes 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 we're going through a disaster period and we haven't yes and I think this is a perfect excuse hmm. this is the perfect excuse to start holding space for each other whether it be in romantic relationships, whether it be in friendships, whether it be in whatever relationship you have with fellow people, this is the time for us to to start 
forming different and better practices in how we relate to each other. I, I just want to bridge this with the human rights conversation at this time. Before COVID, this pandemic hit, it was almost like if you were part of an oppressed group, you have to stick up for yourself. You know, you are the one that needs to stick up for yourself. And the LGBTQIA community is calling for certain policy improvements. The refugee community is calling for certain parts of improvements. Mm -hmm. And we did um, work together sometimes to try and assist each other. It wasn't really as loud as it is now. Even now, like... Um, I wouldn't say right-wing people, but even now, people who've never really been oppressed in their lives, <clears throat> white people, like a lot of people are now... I love that little... <clears throat> just so you know. ...calling for <laughs> certain human rights interventions where they're saying, hey, we need to look at how are we going to ensure that there are certain people who are... I hate the word vulnerable, but I'm going to use it now. Certain groups who are extremely vulnerable, how are we going to ensure that they, their livelihoods aren't affected during this time? Um, how are we going to ensure that people who, domestic workers, etc., still get paid during this time? All of a sudden, people have money to dish out and to assist people and to be like, yo, government, human rights belongs to absolutely everyone, right? Yeah. So there's a bigger discussion about, about how we can improve our human rights conversations and interventions. And this is very similar to the relationships that we have with people. And well, I what I'm hearing is essentially that intimacy, while we are discussing intimacy within our partnerships, it mm. really does extend to uh, the bigger societal ways that we interact. And you're absolutely correct in bringing that up. Like, because... I do see greater empathy um, toward, uh, from groups that never really cared before towards like, mm. quote unquote, more vulnerable groups or, or less marginalized groups. <clears throat> yes. Oh, no, sorry, more marginalized or, groups. Or more marginalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. yes, I, I do see that interaction happening and it is um it does inspire you know hope for what a future could look like outside of covid um mm. for for us um especially for south africans because um we are a very divided people obviously mm. and unfortunately you know there there is still a lot of sort of vitriol spewed towards the homeless um in this time mm. um but strangely i also see more people standing up for the fact that they should not be treated the way that they are being treated right now mm, mm. and it's coming and from you, civil society and a lot of citizens themselves who yeah, might not even be moved to civil society Mm, but it's also exactly. like, okay, government, so something could have been done about the homeless issue. Wow. Thanks for stepping yeah. up. Even yeah, but let's not talk about the city of Cape Town right now also because you know what's happening there. And uh, it's with the, essentially it's forced removals to, 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 to Strandfontein. And there's a whole lot of stuff happening there right now. And yeah. Yeah. And you heard the latest. Very painful. Yeah. <sighs> so now, obviously it's not the best situation but what I'm saying is is that there has always been um, an opportunity for us to step up as a people mm. as a nation mm. as a global nation um, yeah. to be more caring towards each other yeah yeah very and true. to hold space for each other so so that's important um, yes. and then I think I just also want to move into some questions that we had from our audience <laughs> on Facebook, we had um, Rumana, um, Akub, and Ling Shepherd um, mm -hmm. posing some questions for our experts. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, like before we go into that, I was just thinking it's so uh. it's it's interesting that. Like, I didn't get a lot of response on mm. uh, what happened was, is that I posted um, questions on Facebook or a question on Facebook for folks to, you know, give us any, you know, commentary questions, or questions yeah, yeah. that they wanted us to um, explore. And it was, it was like crickets. So <laughs> um, I, 
it's interesting because like we live in a in a time where it's almost like a free for all when it comes to sexual freedom you know mm. uh, and especially like with the queer community who is uh, for the most part quite flamboyant and um you know uh being sexually liberated is like a huge thing i would say but we actually kind of very conservative and shy like it's still a taboo topic to be talking about yeah i think topics. south africans in general is are very conservative like regardless of what identities you you align with um i feel like south africa in general is a very conservative country yeah um and i also think that just to add to your point of like the queer community being more out there or as you as you said flamboyant or so forth i think that a lot of people who are forced into silence will find means of intervention to be heard and i think for a lot of people in our community the party scene or um the scene of like expressing your sexuality in a way that is like i am here and i'm not going anywhere and being who i am is okay and you need to know that is then how we claim and reclaim our spaces right. um obviously this is not to say that everyone does that i feel yeah. like a lot a lot of queer people go under the radar of just like living their quiet lives etc so it's not like a thing of the whole queer community is now just out there but i do believe no, that there is No 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 I know I'm just adding I just for the sake of the listeners it's there's a there's a reason behind that you know when you're oppressed you you tend to want to be unoppressed you know you tend to want to be free um and then you will find whatever ways um even if it's a shock factor in order to be free um yeah so that's just my little five cents mm. I agree with you on that mm. but okay so Romana wanted to know Um yes. how do we feel connected without touch? So you know, obviously some of us are not with our partners. I haven't seen my partner in like 3 months. Oh <laughs> so God. yeah, that's rough. And he's in a different country. He, he's like on the other side of the world, like literally. So um mm-hmm. that's a hot mess. So I'd like to know, I'd like to hear your thoughts about that as well. And how do mm-hmm. we feel connected with touch? So with and without? from Rimana Akub. That's so that's so interesting because firstly I read um but well, before I read this online I also thought about it but some one of my friends on Facebook said after this whole covid mess or after we're not isolating anymore but you know we're starting to unsocial distance ourselves we're all going to have to speak about what is the currency or the value of a kiss <laughs> or what is the value of physical touch because now it's like okay so covid is not gone yet um but we are allowed to socialize now but then it's going to be like like how do we what is the what is the value then of freely touching each other the way we used to before hugging kissing on the cheek even kissing on the lips i we mean we take it very are, much for granted I yeah because i'm a huge are, hugger eh? you know i'm a hugger <laughs> i love to hug people I know. <laughs> So yes, and these are things that we've been about. told not to do now. So now we're going to be like when I see you in in person, Taryn, when I come to Cape Town or you come to Joburg, when we're allowed to travel again, of course. How are we going to, you know, is it going to be okay now? Like so I think that for me, that intimate part of figuring that out post or let me say post COVID in inverted commas because we don't yeah. know. <laughs> But after the social distancing is is very interesting to me because I also don't know how I'm going to to be you know right. uh once i i i i unsocial distance myself but in terms of how are we intimate with um without touch i feel like it it adds to the conversation we had before it's finding different means of being intimate it's asking questions that you never really had time to do before because you were always in each other's faces kissing making out laying next to each other cuddling on your phones uh you know watching a movie together not really speaking mm. so i think that um the onus is on us to expand the definition of intimacy um to not just physical touch and to know that being vulnerable with your partners for your kids even 
um because mm. kids are part of your intimate uh, circles Absolutely. being intimate with your kids or whoever you're hold up with or living with um it doesn't have to be physical it can be so much more <clears throat> um yeah so that's my answer to that <laughs> I mean, thank you. And that's obviously it makes so much sense because like we were saying, it doesn't, it doesn't only have to extend to our intimate relationships. Obviously there are some of us who are without partners, aromantic or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm. And we, we don't have a partner, so to speak, but we have friendships. And um, I find that in my friendships now that people who used to sort of almost ghost on WhatsApp or whatever, they are now checking in. And Mm. it's something that I always wanted before um, that never really, that I never really got out of the relationship. And now because of COVID, um, you know, this is happening and it's, it's, it's not something that I had to ask for. Um, It happened by itself which I'm mm. so grateful for because it really does mean that, that all of us are sort of thinking in a, like on a, on a conscious level. Communal. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, without sounding all crystal ball-y and all of that stuff. But <laughs> like, it's almost like there's a higher conscious that's being reached by us um, as, as a people globally, where we are trying to be more present for people. I just, I see it online. Like now that we're talking it's so about true. it. Like, it's, it's, it's so true. It's so true. It's almost like people are more intentional. Yes. Like, it's almost like we're, we're being more intentional with our communications because we, we need to be. Yes, mm. absolutely. Mm. So, so, so that's, the, so that's how we, how we are intimate without touch. But Romana wanted yeah. to know with touch as well. I don't really understand that. I think it's also like with touch in terms of if you are around someone, how are we being intimate with touch during COVID? And I think, um, again, there are so many uh, uh, resources out there uh, that speaks to this. Of course, if you just maintain your the proper hygiene that's been, that's been regulated by, the, by WHO or the World Health Organization. Um, and also if you ensure... No kissing. Like, if you want to be intimate with someone, don't kiss someone. You know, don't be all like up in each other's faces. There are there, there are ways. According to 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 uh, New York City Department, they've said that oral sex shouldn't really be an issue um, due to the fact that it's not found in saliva. I'm sorry, it is found in saliva. Uh, wrong, the wrong word. It's not found in vaginal fluid and it's also not found in semen so far in terms of the tests that they've run um it is found in 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 feces so try to stay away from the rimming <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> damn my favorite my favorite sport <laughs> no but yeah so so i think that there are also certain ways, you know, of navigating this. And we do need to take a, a form of responsibility for this. I mean, before I mentioned that habits don't die easily and they really don't, you know, if you're used to kissing someone before, it feels very natural to want to do it now. Um, but we do have to hold each other responsible and accountable for our actions um, during this time. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just right. how it's going to have to be. Mm. But I mean, obviously this doesn't apply if you are, you don't have the disease. And yeah. living with each other. Although, I don't know, yes. if you're going out to the shop to pick up some whatever, who knows what you're picking up over there. That's a weird in the one, same actually. Breath, in the same breath, there are, there are other ways of being touchy, physical, like touching certain areas of someone's body, you know, with intent. Mm. Um, um, holding onto, like giving each other hand massages, you know, like feeling, feeling each other's fingers, tracing, tracing someone's neckline. You know, there are yeah. other ways as well that, again, be creative and play yes. around with each other and don't be afraid to be silly. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, we're trying to find ways of being intimate, right? And if it's not sex, touch each other's feet. I don't know. Do you think we take intimacy too seriously? I think we take intimacy as very narrow, narrow viewed, you know, and that it has to be intimacy has to be something that is a physical thing. 
Um, and sometimes when we speak about intimacy, people think that intimacy means sex, you know. So it depends on who you're speaking to. Language is so important. And I think it's important that we ask people, what does intimacy mean to you? You know, so mm. the questions you're posing me, like if I had to have a partner that I'm quarantining with, I'd be like, what does intimacy mean to you? How can I be present in your definition of intimacy? Mm. And then they can ask you the same question. And that's how we can read each other's languages. Right. You know, each other's love languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intimacy, intimacy languages also. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, Ling Shepard asked us, um, how important are platonic friendships when one is in a romantic relationship? And I think we've pretty much covered that, but um, maybe we can just go into a quick summarization. Mm-hmm. Pulling. I mean, this is this question doesn't sound like it's COVID related, so I'm going to speak outside of the box, outside of the COVID box now. Um, platonic relationships are fucking important, um, and I mean, I'm assuming that what Ling means here is uh, friendships or friendships that don't have a romantic um, element, uh, to uh, element to it, yeah, whether that be physical or not. Um, and I think that platonic relationships are very important because those are the ones that keep you in check. If you are someone, and I, I've fallen into this trap, if you are someone who takes romantic relationships as the, like, like this is what the is not taking up most of my time, yes, and all my friendships kind of like windle away or they become kind of secondary, what happens is you lose your objectivity to your romantic partner. And what I mean by that is like, like for me, when I'm with someone, I will speak to my platonic friends, you know, and I'll be like, okay, I'll tell them what's happening in my relationship, maybe just because, or relationships, because a bitch is poly, but (laughs) I'll tell them what's happening and they can kind of give me their opinion on certain things. And because I trust my friends, I know that what they're saying to me comes from a place of love and comes from a place of friendship intimacy. Like they're just telling me how they're reading certain situations. Mm. And sometimes you don't even realize that in some way you're being emotionally abused or even financially abused or abused in whatever form. Um, And if you don't have platonic friendships to always like call you in or just to tell you, you know, be the mirror outside of the relationship, um, you lose, there's a word I'm looking for, objectivity. Is that, a, is that what I'm looking for? Is yeah, I mean, you lose perspective. You lose a little bit you of You lose perspective. Because you yes. can't sort of see yourself outside of this relationship because you're so consumed by it. Yes, exactly. So I think platonic relationships um, not only provide beautiful friendships outside of your romantic partners, but it also provides a safer space. Um, and they, of course, I'm speaking from my perspective where I have friends who I know will will, will always hold my uh, best intentions to at heart. Like they will prov- make sure that Kim is safe and that Kim is not being taken advantage of. So I'm speaking from that perspective. I know there are a lot of people who don't and have also those Also, import- not most importantly, but as important that Kim is not taking advantage of Thank, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for saying that. That's very true. Um, so they will look out for me, but they'll also look out for the other person and be like, but that's also shitty behavior, Kim. And what you did is actually not cool. So they provide that kind of like essential feedback that you do need in, in all of your relationships. So right. yeah, platonic relationships are extremely important. Almost. Yeah, there we go. A soundboard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think it's important because also just to add to that, who wants the partner to be everything that they need? Like, mm. and I mean, I guess we can talk about poly relationships in this regard, but um, for those of us who are monogamous, like we don't necessarily need another sexual partner, but perhaps we, we need somebody outside of the relationship to, you know, hold us in a space of where we can share our, Parts that we don't necessarily need our partner to hold us in, if you know what I mean. Mm, 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 No, I hear you. I hear you. You don't need your partner to be everything for you. And I'm sure that that's also draining for your partner as well. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I want to add, I want to add to that. The, if you look at a lot of monogamous relationships or actually just relationships in general, let me not, make it a monogamous poly thing. Um, But 
a lot of the times people don't feel comfortable to go to their partners to be vulnerable, right? And to speak to them about the fact that they're financially struggling or to speak to them about the fact that they're struggling emotionally, connecting with the kids or whatever. And um, I think um, that's also where we can kind of bring in the conversation of sex work is that um, a lot of my friends um, and the people that I've worked with who, who form part of the sex working community also state that a lot of the times their clients don't even want sexual relationships. Mm. They actually just want to talk about their families and about their vulnerabilities. Um, I don't know. It's just very interesting for me that a lot of the times the things that cis hit men um, can't do with their partners, they would rather pay for that type of service. They'd rather pay for their vulnerability, you know, in order to to go to to a sex worker and be like, I want to be be open about my vulnerability, but I can't do that with my family. Yeah. And I and I That's find, a whole I find that, yeah, I find <laughs> I find that um, very interesting. Um, yeah, that's somehow related to your that. question. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think, actually, we need to bubble that and save that for a future episode because that's something <laughs> I want to get into, like basically toxic masculinity. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is what it is. Into with that conversation and the yeah, call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's let's bubble that and we'll come back to that another day. Um, but yeah, um, we were talking about, um, platonic friendships and holding, being a soundboard. Right. Yeah. And, and not, um, having your partner be your be all and end all because they might not have the capacity for you to do that. Um, and I was going to say that I was in that situation, um, a couple of years ago We, mm. um, you know, I, I think I was like that for my partner, my current, who's still my current partner. But I think mm. because of everything that I was going through within my platonic relationships, within my relationship with myself, um, I used up so much space that it left him completely depleted. You wow. know, And that's mm. not fair. Mm. Mm. No, you're right. So... It's it's really important to have people around you that you can trust that yes. um, will hold you accountable, um, but will also hold space for you, um, mm. and and that's where we can say like okay, this is why it is important to have platonic relationships next to your romantic ones. Yes, yes, and I mean, um, I don't know if I can draw this analogy if that's the word oh my English has left me today but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very very similar to to what you're saying because you're monogamous right you're in a monogamous relationship and you're saying that there was a point in time where in this relationship where you 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 basically placed all of your expectations on on your partner right without like having those platonic partnerships or friendships outside Right, of, because my, um, my platonic relationships actually fell away. Yes, yes, because we make we make them the, the podium. We make we, we put them there, our romantic partners. No, um, no, no, but, no, no. It wasn't like that. Um yeah. he give oh, you the lay of the land, sorry. It was oh, that relationships had fallen apart. Right? Not oh uh, yeah, so then okay, okay. Okay, okay. It okay was, I hear you. Yeah, it was through a number of things that had occurred. And obviously mm. things within myself that I hadn't resolved at that point, I hadn't yet mm. um, ventured out into um, therapy. And so it was like, it was, it was built up trauma and, and things. Like okay. That. Um, mm. I got super depressed and relied on him to, uh, to you know, help me through this period because I had no one else. Yeah. Also, I thought, wow, wow. So that's it's like where I'm coming from it's that's that's so intense i mean because i can imagine that i mean in in partnerships there 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 will be those times where you really rely on someone um and then it's about like walking that tight rope of like what is too much but also this is my need at this moment so i can't even imagine what you went through that time um because that is very very difficult um 
but yeah, like I like to add to Ling's question, like it's it's as much as you should have if, if you're in a monogamous relationship, that you should have platonic relationships outside of your romantic relationships. I feel like it's very similar to the poly community. Um, because being polyamorous doesn't mean that you're in a in multiple sexual relationships. I mean, it could mean that, and that's completely fine. Mm. But some in, in in some poly relationships you have, you know, your primary, which is also your sexual partner. And then you have an emotional partner outside of that, or, you know, you have different types of partners outside of your relationship, outside of your primary or outside of uh, uh, each other. So there's various ways of being polyamorous. And I think one thing that the poly community has opened up to me in terms of understanding and why I align with that community at this time in my life is that it kind of helps you prioritize more people than your partner or your romantic partner. Mm. It assists you in knowing that there are boundaries that need to be adhered to, because I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes I've been in relationships where someone has said they need some space, but I just don't allow it because I'm like, you're my partner (laughs) and we need to, you know, this is now an unevolved Kim. Of course, I'm speaking about years before. Um, I mean, we've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, but I feel like that's one thing. I mean, I'm not the perfect polyamorous of, of, at all. I mean, what does that even look like? What is a perfect polyamorous person? Exactly. There's, there's not a perfect monogamy. There's, there's (laughs) no perfect polyamory, but I, I, I do feel that that's something that, that this community has opened up is that we need to be intentional with who we allow in our lives and then what type of partners we want and what we expect from our partners. You know, Mm. some of our partners really aren't very good at talking. Like Mm. it's just never going to happen. And you're always going to be fighting about the same shit. (laughs) And and maybe you can find that somewhere else. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, and also thank you for opening up about the poly community. Um, We weren't, expecting to go there but I think a lot of people have a lot of questions around it um but uh I think we can also save that for another day (laughs) yeah I'd be so open to talking more about things because obviously now I'm touching on a lot of on, on a lot of topics and I think hopefully once COVID has I don't know whatever needs to happen happens um if we're going to have the sex work conversation like we can have people you know here who, who who are sex workers and you know in the poly community I can find another polyamorous person because they have a different experience to the Absolutely. poly community than, than I do and I'm right. not you know the spokesperson for it so like once this is all done like I would hope that we can have you know maybe a, a threesome zoom party <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun that would be a lot yeah. of fun um yeah. I think let's put this out and see what the response is and if people want to hear more about it we can definitely delve into it um it's like a few of my favorite topics to be honest which is around you know feminism toxic masculinity and all the stuff and like talking to you guys about this stuff is so eye-opening because um you it's it's obviously everybody has their own perspective about um, how things work in a in a certain situation, and you know, bringing like minded mm-hmm. minds together uh, to discuss this can you know um, open the platform up even more um, mm. around what we what we hold true to ourselves. Mm. We we wouldn't have had a different we wouldn't have had another perspective if we didn't chat to someone else about it and. For me, mm. like, I, I really feel so blessed to have you guys in my life. Um, Yay. Because you guys bring such, um, you, you you just, you make a person's mind bloom, <laughs> you know. I just see <laughs> our opening, you know. Oh, cute. <laughs> because it's so, it's just, it's so mind-blowing to me sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And hopefully um, our listeners uh, will be interested in that as well so i just wanted to say thank you miss kim yes i'm so happy to have been here um yeah and we'll definitely do this again soon (laughs) i also just want to point out that i have been saying miss and she and girl the whole time 
And I don't want anybody to blast me for this, okay? <laughs> because Kim yeah, my, goes by my, she and they. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do go by, by she and they, but I do enjoy it when people throw in a they just for practice because I know it's hard. Um, lastly, just the, 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 the talk on pronouns. I know that like we are raised to believe it's only he and she, right. but there are others like Z and Zia and they and yes. them and so many more. Um, so yeah, start practicing it in your in your sentences, you know, when you refer to people. You don't only I, have to refer to someone as she. You would actually be very surprised whenever I talk about you, and I talk <laughs> about you a lot, you're a brand girl. Um, whenever I talk to you about, um, or talk about you, like I always refer to you as they. You can ask anybody, bitch. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. It's so, it's so short. I don't take offense. I, I think I used to take offense in the beginning, but I realized that it took a lot of emotional energy out of me to, to constantly correct people. Um, and so I started to look at the intention behind people's references like if it's a if they're purposefully referencing me in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable even after I've placed the boundary there then bitch I'm gonna call you out you know but after a while like my parents I am not gonna do that with my parents (laughs) it's not happening nobody's gonna win (laughs) exactly you know so there are certain there's there's a time and a place where I expect it um but no in this conversation now call me girl girl to me is gender neutral boys fucking gender neutral you know what the fuck is language anyway exactly exactly I love it I love it let's bubble that one too so um yeah Thank you so much. I enjoyed our talk and I appreciate you. your time. I know you have to <laughs> skedaddle to a meeting now, but um, yes, I, do. I will chat to you soon. And um, I think just to give a last little plug to Femme Projects and the drive that you guys are doing. Yes. Um, Please find us online. Go on to Instagram at F-E-M-M-E Projects. Fem project. Look at our latest um, updates. It'll say how much we've raised, um, and then it'll also have our banking details there. So if you aren't able to do anything else, um, like drop offs, etc., which most of y'all won't because you're not an essential service, please send us some dollars or rands or whatever you Randellers. use. Um, around us yeah so that we can go uh, and assist the communities who need it the most during this time and i mean now that y'all ain't eating out and buying all this alcohol <laughs> and cigarettes i know you've got some loose change so send it our way <laughs> Ugh, a drag listen um okay cool i'll also be putting it up on our um pages on instagram on facebook on the website um and uh you'll be able to pick up Femi projects. Also follow uh, Blazing Non-Binary from there. And um, yeah, Kim, thank you so much. And we'll catch awesome. you next time. Yes. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>